In January of 2018, the new rule, Rule WAC 246-490-075, went into effect. It's a rule that allows people who were born in Washington state to change their sex designation on their birth certificate to reflect their gender identity. They just have to fill out the appropriate request form. And the new rule added, quote unquote, X as a third sex designation option. And what X means is that a gender is not exclusively male or female, and that it can include, but is not limited to, intersex, agender, amalgagender, androgynous, bigender, demigender, female to male, gender fluid, gender queer, male to female, neutroi, non-binary, pangender, third sex, transgender, transsexual, two-spirit, and unspecified. It's incredible. What used to be a simple question on a form has now become anything but for our culture. And as Christians, what can we say about gender, and what can we offer to a confused culture? I'm Jason Lowe, and welcome to the fourth episode of Breadcrumbs, and the second episode in our three-part series on sexuality. In this episode, we'll be exploring the topic of gender, a topic that was once culturally clear, has now become cloudy, and it's important for us as Christians to understand what God's design is as it relates to our gender, and how we can engage those around us in conversations especially those who themselves struggle with gender identity. We need to give first priority uh, to the biblical voice on the topic of gender. And so any discussion about gender needs to start with what the Bible tells us. And as we pointed out in the last episode, uh, human sexuality, it's a reality that's created and established by God. Marriage, sex, gender, all of these things are, are, are things that are created by God and our understanding of them has to come from him. And so if we look at Genesis 1.27, uh, a, a verse that we, that we talked about last episode, we read that God, it says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so I think we brought this up last time, but right from the beginning, the idea of gender comes right at the beginning of the creation of humanity. When God made humanity, he made them to be gendered, male and female. And so we, we have to ask ourselves, well, what is he doing there? Why does he make male and female? <clears throat> and actually, we start to get a clearer picture even just a chapter later when we get a fuller understanding of how God came to create male and female, Adam and Eve. In chapter 2, uh, verses 18 to 25, we we get an, an explanation of, of how God came to the, to the decision to uh, make Eve as uh, someone to be with Adam. And in verse 18 of Genesis chapter 2, we read, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. <clears throat> 
And and if we jump down to the end of verse 20, after Adam has looked at all of the different animals that, that God had created, it says at the end of verse 20, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Uh, <clears throat> so the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made woman from the rib he had taken out of the man. He brought her to the man. <clears throat> and then from there, in verse 24, God establishes marriage. And that's something we talked about last time as well. And so right from the beginning, God creates humanity with gender, male and female. And what he does is he establishes the kind of relationship between Adam and Eve that is going to set a pattern for everyone else who who, who is going to follow, including you and me. And that pattern is for <clears throat> the man to uh, be the 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 head or or the leader and the woman to be the helper for him. Now, I think it's important for us to um, be very clear that what we're talking about here has nothing to do with uh, ability, capability, or value, or um, the... Uh, the intelligence of men versus women. What we're talking about here is the role that God created um, the, the, the genders to have in his creation, that he created male and female, and he created <clears throat> uh, Adam and gave him uh, a mandate and a responsibility in creation, and he gave Eve to Adam as a helper for him in that responsibility. And it's connected to our idea of marriage. And we, we even see that come out in uh, a letter like the one that Paul writes uh, to the Ephesian church in Ephesians chapter 5, where he talks about husbands and wives and the kind of relationship that husbands and wives <clears throat> ought to have with one another. And, and that's where he draws out, as we talked about last time, this mystery of a husband and a wife being like Christ in the church. And so that the husband's leadership or his headship in the marriage relationship and the wife's submission to her husband is a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. And so in, in our gender, uh, we see this God-given role uh, in creation and in the, the relationships uh, of humanity and how God has designed um, our gender to be worked out. <clears throat> so I, I think that's one thing that we really have to be clear about and understand that that the Bible, when when the Bible is uh, giving us this picture of humanity and of gender, and it talks about male and female uh, with particular roles and um, uh, uh, particular uh, responsibilities. Uh, in in their uh, the way that they express and bear the image of God um, in their relationship with each other and in their relationship with with God. <clears throat> the second thing I want to I want to point out as far as what the Bible says is that God made men women He makes each individual person very carefully. A pretty f well known Psalm Psalm one thirty nine <clears throat> verse thirteen. Uh, begins a very famous passage talking about uh, God creating uh, creating 
the well the writer is talking about himself uh, but talking about the creation of of each individual person verse 13 says for you created my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well my frame was not hidden from you when i was made in the secret place When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. You see, God made each of us very carefully, knew what he was doing when he made us. And so when we think of... Uh, the, the fact that we were, we were born to be male or female, that was something that God intended and something that God designed, uh, worked into his design for us as an individual. So if we were to just kind of quickly review, I think we, we need to understand that the Bible says that each individual person has been carefully designed and created by God. And, and that's not an insignificant thing. It doesn't mean that, that we don't have struggles about our identity or it doesn't mean that we don't have confusion about who we are. But we need to understand that when God made us, <clears throat> he did so with great care and intent. Uh, and and so I think that also means that part of the careful creation that God uh, worked out when He made each individual person was their gender, and and so you know the differentiation between male and female is something that God has established for for us um, and has built into each person um, that that He makes, and <clears throat> when we think about the gender that 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 he has given to us, we understand that our role as male, female, in marriage, and, and even in, in the, the family of God, it's all a part of his design, uh, that we have particular roles uh, as male or as female uh, in, uh, in God's creation. And, and like we mentioned earlier, it's not a question of equality or value or ability, but it's one of role and responsibility within creation. Unfortunately, in our world, gender is a topic that has gotten pretty confusing. Ideas like gender identity, gender dysphoria, and transgenderism have pushed us into conversations that are challenging. Conversations we may not know how to have. So to help us work through these ideas, I reached out to Denise Schick. Denise is the founder and executive director of Help for Families, a ministry to those struggling with unwanted same-sex attractions and gender confusion. From her home of North Carolina, she shared candidly with, with me about her ministry and what she's learned over more than 16 years of experience. Hello? Hello, Denise. Yeah. Hi, this is Jason Lowe. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good, thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to help out. I appreciate it a lot. Oh, sure. You know, anything that helps people understand uh, the just brokenness, you know, the woundedness. And in a sense, uh, when we don't understand them, we don't uh, come alongside of others out of fear. Right, right. Understanding. Sure, sure, sure. 
there's 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 a lot of ideas out there about you know what gender dysphoria is or where it comes from um how would you describe it uh in terms of you know what it is and um uh, what its origin is and um you know just just how how we should understand it as christians yeah i think that if uh, folks would understand uh that this is when somebody is really emotionally distressed about being in the in their biological gender that they are in and so if we look at somebody that is anorexia and looks in the mirror and believes that they're 200 pounds when they may weigh 75 pounds that distress and psychologically um, of how that person feels is the same thing for somebody in internally that is a biological male let's use for an example but looks in the mirror and has this vision of him as being a female. And so if we understand that, that it is a real struggle uh, for these folks. Um, it isn't anything that should be dismissed or laughed about or joked about. There's real pain inside the person. Mm. Um, many times somebody who identifies as the opposite biological sex has struggled with a real or perceived rejection. Uh, and struggled with being confident in their God-created body and mind. Mm. Other situations may involve sexual abuse or uh, personal vows. When I say personal vows, uh, so many times the person has made a decision, for instance, if a girl has witnessed uh, perhaps a mother that's uh, been abused physically or mentally, um, by a male relative, they will look at their mother as a weakened, as the weakened sex. Mm. The personal vow, I will not be like mom. I do not want to be a woman because that means that I'm a victim. Mm. You know, and so they believe by taking on that more masculine role, they would be able to protect themselves and, and actually many times want to protect other women from men. I see. Um, there can be an affirmation that the child's received. Uh, boys, uh, sometimes uh, a relative dressing them up in, in girls' clothing and affirming them. Oh, you look so cute. You're so pretty. You make the perfect girl. Um, or perhaps, you know, it was the fact of um, a, a boy, a son, getting the gaining the attention of dad and being affirmed over and over again, and yet that girl desires that so thinking that if i was a boy dad would give me that he would give me that attention i would have that love that my brother has so these are just some of the the reasons the underlining issue mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. some people would say you know that they uh became in love with becoming a man or a woman they actually become in love with that image of what they would look like um and what's so sad is that when you uh, hear from when I hear from individuals or family members where their loved one has had numerous surgeries and trying to to become the the most uh, complete uh, man or woman. One uh, uh, mom and dad that I'd spoken with, their son had had twenty six surgeries. Wow! And he still wants more. And so you start to seek psychologically how it's not enough, you know, and trying to become that perfect-looking woman. Mm. Mm. As she shared, 
It struck me that gender dysphoria is an experience that is intensely personal. The thoughts and feelings that fuel it can be so isolating. And this is why I think Denise's ministry approach is so powerful. Now, our, our ministry approach uh, is to welcome the person, to meet them where they're at, uh, not to be combative, uh, but to really have a caring and listening ear to what they're going through, uh, what their life has brought, uh, and the fact of discipleship, you know, to be there not only for pastoral counseling or pastoral care, uh, but to make disciples, which is what the church does as well, uh, and to stand alongside of them while they're really trying to uh, discuss and get to the root of the heart, you know, the issues of the heart. So many times uh, folks uh, have been wounded so deeply as a child or as a young person. And so for somebody that would decide to have sex reassignment surgery or live under the identity as a transgender, there's a reason that they're looking to run from the masculinity or femininity uh, role that society will look at as, as more accepted. So there's there's deep wounded issues here at the heart. Mm. So so so, if I'm hearing you right, uh, a big part of uh, your approach is is kind of understanding and empathy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Being a, a trusted ear um, and coming alongside in a way that a community, you know, comes alongside. If we look at the church as somebody walks in that's a prostitute, uh, to have other folks that really care, number one, about what they're going through, where they've been in life, uh, and yet loves them right where they're at and says, in a sense, I'll be your friend. I will be here for you. You know, invite them out for a cup of coffee. Uh, don't be afraid to get to know the person. Uh, and, and so a lot of this is just doing things that, that we do in church under other circumstances, but we can allow a label, if we may say so, of transgender um, that makes us think we have to come up with a whole new biblical way to approach somebody that's hurt. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, th- that's actually really helpful to think about you know that it's that it's not it's not so different than than what we would do with uh, you know a, an, an average uh, visitor who comes in into our community. Exactly. Yeah. You see, that idea of not treating people struggling with gender identity or different ideas about gender, unlike the way we'd treat any other visitor to our church community, is so important. We actually have much more in common with them than we think. My conversation with Denise highlighted the fact that we are all struggling with the pain of living in a sinful world and that we find different ways to cope with that pain. Most definitely. You have some that uh, may uh, make the decision to drown their sorrows. Uh, to drown what's happened to them in alcohol or drugs, Mm -hmm. Uh, some, you know, sexually. Um, And and so it's it's different ways uh, that we've stuffed our emotions, we have everything stuffed, and and there needs to be an outlet. And so if we choose a healthy or unhealthy way for that outlet, yeah. It, it needs to be out. So most definitely, we're, we're all broken. There's not any of us that are perfect. 
Right. Um, I just think this is a, a deeper sense of somebody trying that is looking to disconnect who they really are to somebody else. But there, that is for some reason the outlet that they see as as the fix. Sure. Yeah. Fortunately, I- so many times the individual. Um, has said I'm just recently talking with a person that struggled with this for over 40 years mm. and, and he just said I'm, I'm tired of this it, it's not it is not fixing anything hmm. that's a lot that's that's most of a lifetime yeah wait so you're saying that this person for 40 years um, lived as uh, uh, the the opposite of their biological gender in and and then when they when you were talking to them um they they said that that 40 years of of doing this was um wasn't fruitful right right and and then to say will god ever forgive me well god you know god forgives <laughs> us all but they need to hear that yes yeah you know he he wants goodness for you he wants to see fruit in your life he wants to see you happy and fulfilled yeah. By having that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that's the fix for all of us. Sure. I want to thank Denise for her time and wisdom. I learned a lot from our conversation, and, and I, I left feeling really encouraged by who she is and by her faithful ministry. I want to continue our conversation about gender by making brief mention of stereotypes. I think our cultural confusion about gender isn't helped by our tendency to frame male and female with our stereotypes about masculinity and femininity. Now, we have to be careful here, because I think we are not wrong to notice observable patterns that are more commonly seen in males or females. I think that these patterns can tell us something about how males and females bear and express the image of their creator, which is part of our human identity. Both male and female are made in the image of God. However, we have a habit of taking those patterns and using them to measure the masculinity or femininity of any individual. And when we do that, we reduce what it means to be a man or a woman to a man-made portrait of gender. I think it's irresponsible and even sinful because of the way that it crafts our identity in our own image or our perception of our image rather than in God's image. So let's carefully consider our ideas about masculinity and femininity and avoid reducing gender to simple caricatures and instead look for ways to express our gender and our unique personality consistent with God's word and for God's glory. Again, I want to thank Denise Schick for joining us on this episode of Breadcrumbs, and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, stop by our Breadcrumbs resource page to find our recommended resources on the issue of gender. Join us for next month's episode on the topic of homosexuality. See you next time.